The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. back to the hollow sky podcast we are your host steven and kyle how's it going kyle it's going we're still fucked as far as the coronavirus is concerned but hey we're here yeah it's really starting to take off in the united states so everybody just be careful please we're not going to go into that whole thing today because my blood pressure can't handle it (laughs) but yeah if you're out and about anywhere anywhere really in the globe just be careful Try to avoid as much of it as you can. I don't even know what else to say. So. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, check us out at all our social medias. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just come hang out. Just take a load off. Just chill. Be cool. And if you got any scary stories to tell, Kyle's going to tell you how to share them. Yeah, you can uh, give us a call at one eight seven seven eight zero zero hollow, or you can write us a story, send it to Steve on Facebook. You can send it to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail dot com, um, or you can uh, record yourself on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then shoot that over to the email. Yeah, if you seen Bigfoot, we want to hear about it. Please. Got a ghost in your house? We want to hear about it. Sleep paralysis? We want to hear about it. Possessed by a demon? Let's talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Abducted by aliens? Let's talk about it. Member of a secret society? Let's talk about it. Please. It'll be cool. Speaking of cool, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever the hell that is, hop on over there and leave us a five-star rating and review, and we will gladly shout you out. It's been going awesome here lately i've got a whole list of stuff to read so thank you guys for all the love it's awesome today's five star rating and review is brought to us by jay flat he says i'm all in awesome podcast really makes the day go by fast on the road problem is i'm all caught up all caught up now well jay flat first off thanks for the kind words and the five star rating <clears throat> really helps us out just putting us out there 
we are going to try something different here in the midst of the lockdown with everybody being stuck inside and just to try to ease the monotony of being in the same surroundings all the time we're going to try to release some extra content probably not as long as our normal episodes we're still going to try to do our normal episodes but we're going to record some minis yeah to try to put out that way you guys just have something new to look forward to every week and we've had some requests to put out extra material so we're going to try to get that together and see if our schedules since me and kyle are still both going to work we can only meet up once every two weeks to record but we're going to do what we can to get some extra content out for you guys especially while you're all just trying to wait out the pandemic which are words that i never thought i'd say that's no lie it's crazy it is crazy and it's extremely unfortunate speaking of being locked in your house and there being a pandemic that gives you a whole bunch of time to record all your unexplainable uh, experiences and send them to us. Hell yeah. It'd be great. It'd be such a good time. That would be awesome. And then we can talk about it. And then that equals more content. So it's help us help you. There you go. And if you overwhelm us, we can just do submissioner content episodes. Yeah, listener episodes. Yeah. Help us help you. There you go. It's going to be perfect. That's a great spin on things. Yeah. So where were we at? Got sidetracked. Uh, yeah. We're probably oh. up for, unless you got some more information to share with them. No, I already went through the uh, five stars. That brings us to the listener submitted encounter of the day, which comes to us from our friend Tyler. He has a sleep paralysis encounter. Well, let's hear about it. I'm going to read it. This is from Tyler. He says, all right, sorry for my late reply. I've been waiting for some free time to actually sit down and type my story. I was listening to your podcast on sleep paralysis and shadow people. I was amazed to hear how similar other people's accounts are to mine. What really fascinated slash scared the shit out of me was when you got into the classifications of shadow people, particularly the hooded ones and how apparently they're linked to just pure hatred of people, if I'm remembering correctly. My story has to do with encounters of those figures. One thing to note, my experience happened while I was a Mormon missionary. I'm no longer part of that or any church, but my interpretation of my experience had to do with my religion at that time. I am no longer sure how to interpret it. All right, so here's what happened. One night, I was instantly awakened with a dark, evil feeling and the complete inability to move. Suddenly, I noticed that the door in my room cracked open. A black hooded figure stood in the doorway. I was terrified, but unable to move or speak. The figure did not attempt to move or say anything. It just stood there staring at me. As I lay there, I suddenly... Suddenly, a second figure appeared next to the other one. They stood side by side, just staring. I had the feeling that they wanted to destroy me, not just physically, but also spiritually. Just an ominous, evil feeling. By the time the second one appeared, I was so overcome with fear that I could feel my heart jumping in my chest. I believed at the time that these were evil spirits, and I had been taught that I could command evil spirits to leave if I said the name of Jesus Christ. What is scary is that I could not speak to say the words. Finally, I was able to mumble the words enough, and sure enough, they left, and I woke up. There are several things that are odd to me about this experience. First, when I woke up, I realized that I was not in the apartment I thought I was. At the time, I had recently moved from one area in Flagstaff, Arizona, down to down in the Phoenix Valley. The entire surroundings of what I had seen during the encounter was the room of my previous apartment in Flagstaff, and not the one I was actually in. To me, this made it seem like it had just been a dream, but it felt so real. More real than any dream I'd ever had. 
While I'd been in Flagstaff, I'd heard several stories of visitation by evil spirits by the Navajo Native Americans who lived in my apartment complex. Not just one story, but several. Navajos have a ton of these types of encounter stories, so to me it's odd that the encounter appeared to be back in the area where these types of encounters had been told to me before. Another odd point from my religious perspective at the time. I don't know what you know about Mormonism, but the founder of the church reported to reported an experience in 1820 that is interesting. You can Google Joseph Smith's first vision experience if you want. It's a bit of a read and semi-ridiculous at parts, but he reports being attacked by an evil force and being completely unable, unable to speak or move during it. Then he reports he saw God and Jesus standing side by side who basically came and saved him. In my experience, I felt paralyzed by an evil force, but rather than God and Jesus appearing to stand side by side the two evil hooded figures appeared side by side not there to save me but to destroy me in my mind i felt that they were directly mocking my religious beliefs at the time since that joseph smith's story is something mormon missionaries share a lot with people i didn't know what to make of the experience at the time except to believe that the devil was trying to bring me down from fulfilling what i believed to be my purpose as a missionary i almost felt it was a badge of honor a sign that a sign that i was on god's side Then the events became more and more frequent. I moved to another apartment after this experience, and these visitations continued to follow me. It got to the point where I would wake up and see in my periphery the hooded figure standing eye level with me. I slept on the top bunk of a bed. I couldn't turn to see them directly because I was paralyzed, but I could see them just standing there. As it got worse, I would feel myself being levitated around the room and unable to speak, scream, or move. Whenever I woke up, I would be back in my bed, but usually only after I felt them place me back. I always got the feeling they were taunting me that if I ever stopped trying to fight mentally, I would die. When I stopped being a Mormon missionary, I did some research and read the about the scientific expla- explanations for sleep paralysis and took comfort in this. I've had plenty more experiences since then and always tried to be skeptical and accept that they were all in my head. That way I don't have to feel so scared, but honestly, I'm not sure... I believe that explanation, especially when I hear how similar everyone's experiences are. I haven't seen the hooded figures in a long time now, usually just other random ones. Nothing has ever been as scary as they were. That's it. This is my first time I have ever put this into writing. I hope it's worthwhile for you to read. Let me know if you have any questions, Tyler. First off, thanks, Tyler, for sharing your story. Absolutely. That was deep. That is, and they're, when you describe them being eye level with you in your bunk bed, like, you can see them out of your periphery and your eye level with them. That would creep me the fuck out because it's like they're just creeping on you. The first like the first thing I thought when he was talking about uh, Joseph Smith's... Uh, Visionary experience. Experience was that these two were just blatantly mocking the experience of God and Jesus. Right. Which when you hear stuff like that, beings blatantly mocking Christ. They're usually... What do you think? Demon. Demon, right? Yeah. And then as soon as he finally, like, was able to mumble the words, like, they, like he said, he couldn't even talk. He, They just had so much control. Then it morphs into where he's being moved around the room by these beings. What does that remind you of, Kyle? Aliens. Ding alien abductions yeah and the more i start um delving into abductions and sleep paralysis and 
the demon tie-in, the more these things just keep fucking overlapping to me. For sure. You know what I mean? Because there are reports of people that are in the midst of what they believe is an alien abduction that say the name of Jesus Christ and those it move stops. on. There's no reason you wouldn't think for a uh, uh, alien being to be afraid of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus. Right. It is very interesting. Now, I do have a question. <clears throat> so prior to you becoming <clears throat> damn. Prior to you becoming a missionary, did you have any other experiences in your life? So basically what I'm asking is had this started before you opened the door to this possibility? And like, cause you, you learned about the guy's visionary experience and then you start believing in all this stuff. And it almost makes me wonder if it, if you mentally opened a door and allowed yourself to start experiencing these things, because I have a belief that, you know, as, a, as, a, as children, your perception of reality is way different than when you're, you're an adult, because when you're a child, everything is possible. Right. But as you get older, you're told, you know, these things aren't real. There's no monster under your bed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you start to close that off in your brain, if that makes sense. But by you taking on this is almost like you opening that door again and allowing these things, or at least painting a target on yourself for them to come and visit you. It's also kind of a takeaway from that. If this, if this question is too personal, don't, don't feel like you have to respond or anything. Did these encounters have anything directly to do with you leaving the Mormon religion? I ask that because if it is a demon type entity, demonology, something, something that has to do with that whole realm, it seems that they succeeded in pushing you away. Which may be why they're slowing down. Yeah, because I'm, I like, I'm not a religious guy by any means. I don't claim anything, but just taking all the facts into account, if they were trying to push you away, it seems like they did. I'm not like I'm not I'm just like wondering that's I'm not putting your spirituality into question or anything like that but if this did have something to do with you shying away from the Mormon religion then that could they could have you know mission accomplished yeah and that's why they're not visiting you as much now also it's weird that it took place in your old apartment where other things took place in your old apartment like you talk about the Navajo, I wonder if it, if that just if that apartment just uh, was built on some shitty ground. You know what I mean? Well, then if you had a bunch of Navajos, you know, living in the same apartment complex as you, I mean, is it possible that you pissed one of them off, and they, you know, they did something to kind of invoke these spirits onto you? And um. Another question is, you say that you continued to see them, but then your experiences changed. Whenever you saw these beings again, was it in your old apartment or was it in your new surroundings? Did all of the encounters that you had seem to take place in your old apartment or as 
as they kind of evolved, did the background become your new place of residence? I, I kind of assume that it did because you're talking about your bunk bed and stuff. Right. So I don't know, man. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. And sleep paralysis. I don't think I don't <laughs> think sleep paralysis is what the scientific definition of it is. Yeah. I mean, I just in my gut, I don't feel that. I don't like feel what, like what he's experiencing, or as a whole. As a whole, just because the scientific community has a kind of a roundabout, like, oh, this is just you kind of being in between the sleep oh, yeah. and awake. Us, I don't I don't buy that. Absolutely. Us, it's just weird. Us as humans like to compartmentalize and you can and put shit in little boxes. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like exactly. you have this encounter that you can't fucking explain. Like it is so real to you. We feel the need to put a label on it. Right. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. So I don't know. That's that's fucking bizarre, man. It I is hope bizarre. that you're not experiencing anything like this anymore. No. But you say you keep experiencing other figures, other random ones. We would definitely like to hear about them if you want to sit the, sit down and take the time to share them with us. And definitely hit us back up on the email to answer our questions. I'm curious as to whether or not this pushes you away from uh, your religion. And I'm curious about all your other experiences, all these other figures you're seeing. Definitely hit us back up. And thanks a ton for taking the time to write us in. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, and if you're still experiencing it, good luck, man. No I wish doubt. I don't anybody. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah, for sure. All right. From there, we are moving on to the subject for tonight. Kyle's going to dip his toes into the water that is the Skull and Bones Society. Yep, the Skull and Bones. So it's a deep dive, but we're going to scratch the surface, see where we go. Yeah. I. You know, when I when I first started this, going down this hole last night, man, at first it was so hard to find shit on these guys and i mean it makes sense because they are a secret society <laughs> hence the term secret right but through a couple hours of digging i did find some pretty interesting shit and hopefully you guys find it interesting i mean it goes the hole goes deep it goes so 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 deep but here are some of the things that we're going to be covering and uh i'll go ahead and start it off with the skull and bones this is what they're they have several different names. So if you hear Skull and Bones, The Order, Order 322, or The Brotherhood of Death, this <laughs> is... That escalated really fucking fast. Right? Um, th- usually, er, these are all in regards to this society. Now, the society is, was, is at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut. The society has produced some very, very powerful people through the years. Members of the society are informally known as Bones, members of the order, initiated to the order, or my personal favorite, Bonesmen. I love that it goes like, hey, do you want to join our secret society called the Order or the Brotherhood of Death? Yeah, I mean, and ironically enough, I don't don't think that it was tied to this at all, but I've literally gotten a letter in the mail... (laughs) This is dope. And it was asking me to join a group called The Order. And I'm not exaggerating at all. It was a huge fucking, like, 10-page letter that they sent me. And I've never received a letter from them again or anything of that nature. So if any of you listening have received a letter like that, hit me up. Let me know. Did did it have a return address? 
I think so, but I don't remember anything about it because it would have been when I first moved into my new house. What? It was weird, dude. It was fucking really weird. We're di- I'm going to get a fucking text message from the FBI that says, stop talking about this. <laughs> Guaranteed. Most likely. Um, That is another thing that is apparent. They don't like people digging into them. Great. Because it was... Cool. I found some excerpts of people or a, a person interacting with Bonesman, and one of the questions the guy asked him was, where do you bank at? And he told him the name of the bank, and he's like, oh, that's good. You'll never have a line of credit again because there's two Bonesmen. Why would you answer that? There's two Bonesmen on the, on the, up, in the upper management there. He's like, I'll make sure you don't have a line of credit again. Why would you answer that? would be like, so what's your social security number? Because the dude probably thought he was fucking around. Yep. Uh, but anyways, back to the the topic at hand. Um, the Skull and Bones was founded in 1832. And there are conflicting stories as to why it started. But after a dispute between debating Yale societies at Yale University, or it was founded after a dispute. Um, at Yale University, it was, or it is a constant topic amongst the students, which I'm sure you can imagine you know you being at at the university and the skull and bones they're there you know every year they pick 15 men and women of the junior class to join the society and this day is known as tap day and has been done this way since 1879 they usually pick people who they see as leaders or notable figures for the people that get tapped they are said to receive $15,000 cash and a lifetime of basically prosperity. And it's, it's crazy because all the members are sworn to silence. And you have that with a lot of your secret society, even the Masons, the Masons are usually extremely reserved and letting you know what goes on in their lodges and everything else. How do they decide? Did you find out how they decided which of these 15 would be chosen? Um, they, Like I said, they, they choose them because they are usually seen as leaders. And a lot of it is, so you have um, original bloodlines of the original Bonesmen. So, you know, like... Uh, Born into it, yes, essentially. Like, like you have Bush Sr. He was a Bonesman. So it makes sense that Bush... W. But a W would also be included in in the bones. That makes sense. Um, but it's not just that. I, I've heard or I read that other, other things apply to it. You know, um, if you're good good uh, with war situations and financial situations. How, if, the f- how in the fuck do you know if a college kid is good in a war situation? I don't know, man. Um, but actually uh, on the campus itself... They also like to go for like uh, your star football player or the editor of the paper, like people who have influence and power over other make, people. Now that makes more sense, right? You can you can kind of pick out people who are leaders, right? Based on like how they interact. with And people, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure at the college level, you know, because a lot of these people are extremely intelligent and they, they know the path or roughly the path they're going to take. So I'm sure the members, you know, they could look at you and be like, okay, well 
this guy is a natural leader. He's got uh, all these degrees in financing or this, that, and the other. Like, this guy has the potential to be somebody, so let's make him somebody. Um, what was What I found interesting is that, like I said, all members are sworn to silence, which is nothing new for secret societies. But, and I did not know this, but John Kerry and George W. Bush, they ran against each other for president of the United States. Ironically enough, they were both bonesmen. And the media knew about this. They asked both of these people about the society. And both of them simply responded with, it's a secret and that's all I can tell you. The, well, the only thing that tells me is there was there's one winner in that election, despite who the fuck got elected. Yeah. And it's the Bones. Exactly. Exactly. I'm looking here at stuff. I don't know if you get into it or not. I don't, don't want to fucking jump the gun here. But it says new members reportedly divulge intimate personal details, including their full sexual histories before they're inducted. Yep. They and also, that, that, that is fucked up because... There are conflicting uh, stories about that, but from what I hear or what I have read is that when you tell these stories, you are completely naked and you are placed in a coffin and all the other, all the senior bones are there. They listen to your story all night long and the bones members, they meet on Thursday and Sunday nights. Says they also agree to give part of their estates to the club. Yes. In return, they receive the promise of lifelong financial stability, so they won't feel tempted to sell the club's secrets. Yep. The windowless building on 64 High Street is that's the tomb, which I, I'll get to in a minute. But yep. Um, as I was saying with John Kerry and George W. Bush, so it's easily noted that the Bones members have people in both political parties or at the very least can influence people in these political parties. And as fucked up as this sounds, some people say that when the bones, the bonesmen get together and they have their, their ritual meeting, whatever the fuck you want to call it, get this, Steve. Some say they dine with Hitler's silverware. What? Yes. Yes. And I don't even I'm not I don't even question it. And nothing would shock me. It there there's also claims that they have the remains of noteworthy people. So for example, Geronimo. They apparently have Geronimo's skull in a trophy room. That's what they call it, a trophy room. So imagine like a predator scene. That's exactly what I thought. Yes. I that. Yes. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Geronimo is, he was from the Apache tribe. He was, he was an extremely notable figure with the Apache tribe. Um, they have, they have, uh, Pancho Villa, a Mexican general and one of the biggest figures in the Mexican revolution. And even Martin Van Braun, the eighth president of the United fucking States. Just got his head hanging up there, huh? Yes. Well, and I, from what I, I kept digging into this shit, and from my understanding, and this is this is one of the ties to the Illuminati, that whenever you become a Bonesman, you receive a new name. And there are some reports that say 
when you receive this new name, it's generally from somebody throughout history, somebody important. And guess what task you have when you receive this name? Go get their skull. What? So you got to go dig up their body and bring their skull back to the tomb and put it in the trophy room. No way. Dude, that's what I'm fucking seeing. But, I, I like, it's... That shit is so far-fetched. Is it, though? But it's so... It's almost like, no way that could be real. But if it is real, I'm not that fucking shocked. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, also, put the note, you're talking to... You're talking about a bunch of college kids. So you got yeah. that. And especially when they're offered a lifetime of wealth and financial yeah, stability, because, they'll be like, fuck yeah, I'll dig up a body. Know, it would be one thing if this society was formed two years ago and then be like, yo, you got to go dig up these fucking bones, bro. But this society has been around for fucking ever. And look at all the people that have come out of the bones who actually became something. And I mean, I mean, I have a list later on that I'll yeah, read, what? but I'm I'm not fucking kidding. They have people in the CIA, the presidential parties, you name it. They have people in it. So George Bush's grandfather was also a bonesman, Prescott Bush, and they say him and a band of bonesmen are the ones who robbed the grave of Geronimo, took the skull and other personal relics, and brought them back to the tomb. It's in a glass case. Bonesmen tell me within the tomb. Uh, that displays a skull, and they all refer to as Geronimo. Because I'm looking up this, uh, I got this page pulled up from 60 Minutes, and the editor, or yeah, the guy who wrote it, called a bunch of different ex-bonesmen. says, I spoke with about 100 members of Skull and Bones, and they were members who were tired of the secrecy, and that's why they were willing to talk to me. But probably twice that number hung up on me, harassed me, or even threatened me. So there are there are people that take this very serious. Yeah. Yep. Um now we've been talking about the tomb, so I'm gonna go ahead and jump into that. The tomb is on campus and it is a windowless building. It has no windows out it in it whatsoever. And it's where they, they always hold their meetings and initiation rituals for the new recruits. It's said that the decor inside is basically death. That's the decor. Hey, Hollow Cult. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. 
How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Full of skeletons, some are real and some are just decor and pictures of past members. Some believe that it is set this way because they take part in the occult and dark arts. I couldn't find much on that, though. But being that it is a secret society, I wouldn't imagine that some of these things would fucking get out. The irony to all this is that from their beginning, from when it was founded, they took off. Students and professors had a problem with the secrecy and exclusiveness of the society. And mostly because right out of the gate, the society began to have very high influence over Yale's finances and plenty of favoritism from Yale itself. And there was actually a 1940s document that described a part of the member's ceremony. And this is fucking weird, but it stated a new man was placed in a coffin, carried into the central part of the building. The new man was chanted over and reborn into the society. He was then removed from the coffin and given robes with symbols on it. A bone with his name on it was tossed into the bone heap. And like I said before, and like with the Illuminati, members receive a new name. Their name, and that's where I I went in. I mean, I went into it a little bit early, but they usually pick a person from historical personage, and from there they are to go and confiscate their skull. That's so fucking nuts. Isn't it? Uh, It's fucking crazy. I don't know if you get do you get into like the like the actual rights itself because Define I found it. in this story there's a guy named Ro- Ron Rosenbaum who is a columnist for the New York Observer and he became obsessed with the skull and bones, right? Yeah. Because he was a classmate of George W. Bush. Um he talks about the tomb, but he says he he would pass by it all the time, and during the rites, he could hear strange cries and whisperings coming yeah. from the bones. I, I don't get into this, but I did read this story. Yeah, and he... Uh, There's a bunch of really fucking good information in this story. And he said, despite a lifetime of trying to get inside, the best Rosenbaum could do was hide out on the ledge of a nearby building a few years ago and videotape a nocturnal initiation ceremony in the tomb's courtyard. Quote, a woman holds a knife and pretends to slash the throat of another person lying down before them. They're screaming and yelling at the neophytes, he says, end quote. Robin says the cast of the initiation ritual is right out of Harry Potter meets Dracula. There's a devil, a Don Quixote, and a pope who has one foot sheathed in a white monogram slipper resting on a stone skull. The initiates are led into the room one at a time, and once an initiate is inside, the bonesmen shriek at him. Finally, the bonesman is shoved to his knees in front of Don Quixote as the shrieking crowd falls silent. And Don Quixote lifts his sword, taps the bonesman on his left shoulder, and says, By the order of our order, I dub thee Knight of Yuliga. He goes on to say it's a lot of mumbo-jumbo, but it means an awful lot to the people who are in it. Uh, Preoccupation with bones, mortality with coffins, lying in coffins, standing around coffins... 
are all the sort of thing I think is designed to give them a sense that it's very true and life is very short. I mean, it makes sense. Like what in the fuck? Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. I didn't um, mean to like no. take over there, but I saw that and I was like, no. what it, in the hell? Like the more you look into this shit, the, the crazier it gets, man. Um, now back to the tomb. Apparently one time throughout its history, it got broken into. And it got broken into by another secret society oh, on shit. Yale's property. And the ones who broke into it, their, yeah, their society was called the Order of File and Claw. Now, once inside, they found a, they found in one room labeled as 324. It was fitted up in black velvet, even the walls being covered with the material. In room 322, it was all in red velvet with a pentagram on the wall. In a parlor next to room 322, they found an engraving of an open burial vault in which on a stone slab rest four human skulls grouped about a fool's cap and bells, an open book, several mathematical instruments, a beggar's script, and a royal crown. And a script that reads, Who was the fool? Who was the wise man, beggar or king, whether poor or rich, all's the same in death. What? Yeah. What the fuck does that even mean? I don't know. It sounds cryptid as fuck. It's gotta be cryptic because I'm sure it's a secret you know society. That, you know how <laughs> them people talked way back in the day. And then, you uh, can't figure that shit out. Did you see the pictures of these? Dude, old? they're fucking it's weird, Sitting dude. Sitting with an actual skull and crossbones. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, we're we're digging into this because there are fuckloads of conspiracies that surround the Bonesmen. You know, they've they've been in conspiracies all over the fucking place, and and for good reason, in my opinion. You know, they they've had members in commerce, communications, diplomacy, education, espionage, finance. Law and, pol- or law and politics. They have produced three presidents, two chief justices of the Supreme Court, and many U.S. representatives and state governors. Not to mention the many officials in the CIA, Fortune 500 CEOs, and even the founder of Time Magazine. So, these people literally go on to shape the world as we know it. Yeah, I'm looking at the top or the 13 most popular bonesmen. Like, there's some powerful people in there, man. Yeah, one often forgotten bonesman is the founder uh, of FedEx. Yeah, the largest, the first and largest express delivery company in the world. He serves as president, chairman, and CEO of the multi-billion-dollar company. You got the Bushes. You got John Kerry. You got a uh, right-hand man of JFK and shit. It's fucking crazy. Dude, there's a long list of people. Um, You know, so by first glance, it seems that at least these men and women get together to push for the excellence of each member, almost like a corporate takeover on a grander scale, in which, all honesty, could be a fucking conspiracy in itself. And or, and or lead to many of these conspiracies. Because think about it. 
once you have friends in power places among the world, you can literally craft the world in whatever way you see fit. If the group has an agenda and they all swear to that agenda, there is literally no stopping them from influencing or using their power to shape the world and future to what they want. Also noting that being in these powerful positions, who's there to stop them at this point? For example, it said that the Skull and Bones had a hand in the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Oh, weird. Yes. What did I just say? Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Hmm. And the link, I mean, I'll go over a little bit of this uh, JFK thing, but there was a man named Rodney Stitch, and he wrote a book called Defrauding America, and it tells of a deep cover CIA officer assigned to a counterintelligence unit. And the code name for this was Pegasus. This unit had tape recordings of plans to assassinate Kennedy from a tap on the phone of J. Edgar Hoover. The people on these tapes were Nelson Rockefeller, Alan Dules, Lyndon Johnson, George W. Bush, or George Bush, and J. Edgar Hoover. So... In 1963, Bush was working as the president of the Zapata Offshore Oil Company when a letter surfaced sent from the FBI's J. Edgar Hoover to a Mr. George Bush of the CIA. Now, the CIA never commented on employment questions, but later on said, yes, there was a letter sent to a George Bush. But, it wasn't the Bush that took office in 1988. Some reporters tracked this quote-unquote other Bush down and discovered he was just a lowly cl clerk who had shuffled papers for the CIA for about six months, <laughs> which is fucking convenient. And not to mention, the CIA literally does not comment on their employment, on any of their quote-unquote employees. Weird. Yeah. But they went out of their way to be like, yeah, I mean, as a matter of fact, we do have somebody named George Bush. So that's 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 kind of ironic. But it's not the George Bush you think it is. Right. It's the other George Bush, the file clerk. <laughs> um, and ironically enough, the code word for the Bay of Pigs was Operation Zapata. Weird. And that's weird that I was just looking at this guy here. That was JFK's homie. Yeah. Uh, McGeorge Bundy, class of 1940. Before becoming one of JFK's wise men, Bundy may have relied on his big brother to help him get into Skull and Bones. William Bundy, who graduated a class earlier, went on to serve as the State Department liaison official, notably during the Bay of Pigs invasion. Weird. Odin, as fellow Bonesmen called him, however, left his own mark on the world, though potentially not all positive. As one of Kennedy's advisors, Bundy heavily impacted the evolution of the Vietnam War. After his death, fellow officials used his notes to express great regret about many policies enacted during the era. So just as you said, they have the power to shape and manipulate the things yep. that shape and manipulate <clears throat> our world. Yep. And so this, this JFK thing, um, basically the theory goes that Bush was tasked with... Um, recruiting Cubans into quote unquote service for the Bay of Pigs. And this is a little, um, 
article that I found from the realist from the summer of 91, it says Bush was working with the now famous CIA agent Felix Rodriguez recruiting right-wing Cuban exiles for the invasion of Cuba. It was Bush's CIA job to organize the Cuban community in Miami for the invasion. A newly discovered FBI document reveals that George Bush was directly involved in the 1963 murder of President John Kennedy. The document places marksmen by the CIA. Bush at that time lived in Texas, hopping from Houston to Miami weekly. Bush spent 1960 and 61 recruiting Cubans in Miami for the invasion. George Bush claims he never worked for the CIA until he was appointed director by former Warren Commission director and then President Jerry Ford in 1976. Logic suggests that it's highly unlikely, of course, Bush has a company duty to to deny being in the CIA. The CIA is a secret organization. No one ever admits to being a member. The truth is that Bush has been a top CIA official since before the 1961 invasion of Cuba. Working with Felix Rodriguez, Bush may deny his actual role in the CIA in 1959, but there are records in the Bay of Pigs invasion of Cuba that expose Bush's role. Even more to that, they have the Watergate tapes from June 23, 1972, which is referred to as the smoking gun. Nixon and his chief of staff, H.R. Hadleman, were discussing how to stop the FBI investigation into the CIA Watergate burglary. They were worried it would expose their connection to the quote-unquote Bay of Pigs thing, which Nixon would always use code words when talking about the JFK assassination. And, as you guessed it, his code word for the JFK assassination was Bay of Pigs. Weird. Very weird. So, you know, with all that being said, and and it goes into more, like, they're, the Bonesmen are rumored to have a part in the Manhattan Project, uh, uh, the Gulf War, Vietnam, and it's weird because I found these articles that were saying that they have a new world agenda, and, I, I mean, I'm sure that this could get kind of crisscrossed here and there but the, the what i read is that their new world agenda has to do with obviously a one world government and it's it's strong armed by the american military and that's and that every so many years they like the americans to go to war with people because it's like a a, a show of power for them and then some even say that's like a fucking cleansing ritual I don't know what they mean by a cleansing ritual, but that's what they said. It's like a cleansing ritual for them. So it's probably some crazy-ass dark arts ritual that they like to fucking... <laughs> what? But, I mean, like I was saying before, like you can't deny that these people have people in really high places. Oh, yeah. Like the like, I was trying to... When you brought the topic to the table, I was trying to kind of brief myself on it because I'm... Like, when it comes to conspiracy theories, Kyle's, like, the dude. Kyle's the guy that goes headstrong into that. I just kind of, like, sweep up the pieces and try to take knowledge (laughs) in as I go. But it's, 
like the conspiracy of secret societies just leads into more paths of conspiracies into more paths of secret societies. Like I read one, one where the Freemasons skull and bones, um, there was a bunch of other that are just like a front. Yeah. Are a front for the Illuminati. Yeah. And then you go from that, you read that the Illuminati, like someone said that skull and bones are like the JV team of, for the Illuminati, which kind of cracked me up. Well, there's even accusations that Skull and Bones is actually like a recruitment center for the Illuminati. Which, if you look further into that, it goes into the Illuminati, Illuminati, Illuminati. You got it. Being a front for the the number one secret society on our list, the one that started it all. We were sitting in Kyle's kitchen and we're like, man, let's start a conspiracy podcast. What were we going to start with? And then I was looking up Illuminati and boom, this popped up, the Brotherhood of the Snake, which... We keep saying we're going to do an episode on, but it is so deep. Awesome. I don't even know where. Oh, I'm going to do to it begin. because we stumbled onto it again tonight and we stumbled across some crazy fucking information and they got me excited. So it, the episode is going to happen soon. And it seems like anytime we mention the Brotherhood of the Snake, fucked up shit starts happening. Dope. So this ought to be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's just. Like I said, the it's, shitty part about secret societies is that they're secret. Yeah, but it's it, so it's it also hard makes it super to find fucking interesting and good information. And what also compels me the most about these fucking societies is that a lot of them will not speak any information about it, even up to their death. They they will never breathe a word about it ever. Yeah, so, that, so that, like that guy, like I was reading that one article where the guy got people to talk to him. Who are just sick of, like, it would have to be exhausting to be living a secret like that, hiding a secret like that from everyone. But it's, forever. A, it's like a secret, but a not a secret because people are like, they know, like, you openly will publish, like, yes, I'm a bonesman. Yeah, but that's that's as far as it goes. Yeah, I know. Nobody knows what that means. Which is such a fucking cool name. I love saying that. It's, it, I'm a bonesman. Sounds, I don't know why. It just sounds it cool. It sounds like a slang term for a porn star. Well, that's <laughs> a not a bad thing. Or a pirate. Touche. It could be Touché. both. It probably is. A Bonesman. <laughs> it's a Jack Sparrow I am, spinoff. I have the brain of a 14-year-old. Well. I apologize. It happens. But, but, yeah, the more you look into it, like, there are way more secret societies than I am comfortable with there being, first off. I would fucking like to be in one. You had the chance and you fucking choked on the open I know, net. but a lot of them are just too fucking sinister They're like, hey, me. Kyle. Give me your credit card number and your social security number, yeah, and you can no. be in the order. No, I'm good. It they, We probably don't get asked because we ain't got no fucking assets to give them. Yeah, I'm pretty useless. They're going to be like, we're not even going to, like, why even, why would we want him? Right. Because I'm in a world-famous podcast. Yeah, those guys are just blabbing all of our <laughs> secrets. World-famous. But it's, I don't know, man. Like, at the end of the day, even if... Even if they didn't have a part in the JFK assassination or the Manhattan Project or they whatever, did. but e- even if you sweep that all aside, like I said, they you can't deny that they have people in extremely high places, and it's it would, like I said, if you're committed to the cause and you're my friend and you're you make the laws on this, why well, why would I not be like yo Steve, like could you like pass new laws so my shit goes through and Yo, I make could, lots of money. Could you start the Vietnam War? Right, because we're going to make a lot of money. Yeah, and it's, I mean, they're they're blatant influencers. If they're not, 
the goddamn president. They're people running for the president or they're on their board members to the president. And that's just in the United States. Like who's to say, like you said, this doesn't branch out further into other societies that other countries have together that are like sister societies to the bonesmen. Oh, I I guarantee there are. I mean, this could all just be a, a little network and they're all just called something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pawns to the Brotherhood of the Snake. Right. Which is possible. And I, like I said, I don't know. You want you motherfuckers want to talk about synchronicities? <laughs> Should we even, even jump into that? Huh? I don't even know where that page went. Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> you bookmarked it. Oh, I did bookmark yeah. it. Yeah, what up? Damn, jeez, uh, Kyle. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is weird because... It's weird how these things work when me and Steve are looking into it. Because we, Cause we like from, to postpone recording by just talking about a bunch of shit that we should record. Yeah. But we don't. Yeah. Because we're not good at what we do. Exactly. So well, then we stumble onto shit. We're like, oh shit, we should talk about this. Yeah. But this literally, by us stumbling onto the Brotherhood of the Snake, it literally ties into this episode, the mermaid episode, all types of shit. It's yeah. fucking crazy. If we could have recorded the first hour of us being together and talking. We would have had a whole episode. Yeah. Did that bookmark not save? No. I don't know. We'll find it. We'll find it. Yeah. But as Kyle was saying, like, it ties everything in, like, even to fucking weird shit about different human DNA and Atlantis fucking, fucking... All this weird ass shit that I don't even know how to put forward. Like I don't even fucking know. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna have we're. It's so us, it's and, so deep. It's hard to put it into an episode that flows and that is like congruent to to soaking in all the information. Right, you know? and that's because that's it's how so I felt huge. Right in this fucking. This episode out, man, because especially with secret societies, because you everything's a fucking secret. Yeah, it's a gamble. I mean, I don't know. I've and I've always been curious with a lot of these societies, like why, what compels them not to talk? You know what I mean? The promise of being financially stable forever. Well, there's that. I mean, it could be a threat of death. It could be. I mean, the list could go on, but. <laughs> It just always has amazed me that so many people are so willing just to always keep their mouth shut no matter what. Yeah, they probably threat like not only do they threaten your financial being, they're probably gonna say, Hey, if you tell anyone, we're gonna fucking murder you. Yeah, and I mean like I We literally I, surround ourselves with human skulls. Are you gonna test us? Touche. I mean I guess I I get that. Now and I ironically enough, while we're on secret societies, I've also been asked to join the Freemasons. Why are you so popular, Kyle? I don't fucking know. It's probably because you're probably because you have alien DNA. But in all fairness, that invitation got retracted extremely fast because you had bad credit. No, I actually got okay credit. But don't me too. Um, no, because I don't know much about the Freemasons. You know, other than what I've read and watched and blah blah blah. And since it's a secret society, everything's a goddamn secret. Exactly. And I worked with this guy. I mean. Me and this guy... You're going to call him out on this podcast were, and he's going to fight you. Well, I used to work with him. I don't work with him anymore. But we were we were decent buddies. We got along real well. He's a really nice guy. 
So he asked me, or he tells me, he's like, yeah, I just joined the, I joined the Freemasons, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, that's cool. You know, congrats, I guess. You know, I don't know much about it, but, you know, it's cool. And he's like, you should join. Like, I could get you in. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, but, like, what is it? Like, what do you guys do? And he's like, you know, we just get together. And I'm like, but what What do you do? Nah, dog, that's a dart league. I'm like, well, what do you do? And he's just like, well, we get together. We talk about things. We do this, that, and the other. And, and I'm like, so... So you guys are basically like a club. And he goes, no, we're not a fucking club. <laughs> and then he just stopped talking to me about it. He's you, done. You Boom. Shit, you shit the bed, Kyle. Yeah, and I'm like, but I'm like, you, like there's no girls allowed from what he, he told me. Kyle, he can't fucking tell you because it is a secret. I know, but I was trying to figure it the fuck out so I could talk to people about it. You gotta, You got to say yes before they'll tell you. I should have, but I've heard weird things about the Freemasons. I don't know if I'm comfortable with all that weird shit. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. So you probably made a good call. And most likely. Unless so, I reach the 33rd level of Freemasonry and become Illuminati. So I'm sitting here, crazy shit. not to change the subject, but, but still, on the, still on the subject of uh, secret societies. Yeah. So I'm sitting here on this shady-ass web forum, right? Yeah. And I just signed up for it. Yeah. And how good of an idea is it going to be for me to post in this chat, hey, looking for information on the Brotherhood of the Snake. Fuck yes. We're a podcast. Who wants to talk to us? Do it. Fucking do it. Would that be, would that like give us, that just put a target on us? Dude, we'll get street cred. No, we'll get That's dead. what's going to happen, street cred. Oh, like Tupac and Biggie street cred? I mean, they did have a lot. They still kind of do. What do you say? You ain't you ain't somebody till you till kill somebody kills somebody. you or s- kills somebody or kills you. It's whatever. But dude, Tupac's still alive. That's true. He's probably a member of the Skull and Bones. He's probably hanging out with Adolf Hitler in the fucking middle of the earth. <laughs> I pro- I don't. I mean, anything's possible, right? I don't. Oh, even that'd know. be a weird fucking combination, though. Now that you think about it. I don't even know. Eh, that one probably is not gonna work Did very you... well. <laughs> Did you bring up the the Weishup name? Yeah, he Adam Weishup was the founding. He was the founder of the Illuminati. How weird is that 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 pops up at the very top? See, I told you synchronicities, dog. Adam Weishup died. I don't even know what the hell that even says. Sax Coburg Gotha. You can't say that out loud. Sorry. You probably just summoned a demon. I wouldn't In fucking doubt it. My podcast room. At least it'll stay here. That's true. He'll probably possess my body and be like, "This body sucks." I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> he ain't gonna get much He's better. Be like, than why? Mine. Why does my back hurt? Why do my knees hurt? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got sidetracked. Wow. Why do I have the coronavirus? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that, that's dipping your toe into the skull and bones. Hell yeah. Not to mention there was a movie about it that had Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Called Skull and Bones. Holler if you remember that. Dude, I love me some Dawson's Creek. I actually have the episodes on DVD and Sarah makes fun of me for having them. <laughs> Boom. I'm going to make fun of you for having them. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to wrap it up. That was a little bit li- more lighthearted than the last episode, but yeah. still. We're going to wrap it up there. If anybody is a member of the Skull and Bones and would like to talk to us, 
get a hold of us. Oh, fucking please. You guys, would that would make my fucking day. Yeah, but they can't talk about it. Unless They're just like, going to say, it's a secret, and yeah. then bounce. But even that, even if they just called in and they're like, yeah, I'm so-and-so and I'm a bonesman, I'm like, dude, Dope. what's up with the skull and bones? And he's like, it's a secret. And then, and then you just up. hear, <laughs> I'm like, that was fucking sick. You would have to have some like fucking real cryptic name like, this is Loki from the Skull and Bones. I'd be like, I fucking believe you. <laughs> I'm going to so call now we're in. we're going to get a dick that calls in. And I'm going like, to call hey. in and say that, and then my name is going to show up on the caller ID. Thing. And I'm still going to believe you. Be like, this is. You'd be not sitting right Steve. next to me, and I'd be like, Steve, <laughs> somebody's calling in. Here it is. Damn. We finally made it. So, yeah, we, we derailed. But anyway. It's all right. Um,. Check us out at all our social medias. You know the drill. If you have a story you would like to share, like us to cover, get our uh, opinions on, please get it to us any way possible. Um, any other podcasters out there that seem to tune in and check us out, if you want to do a promo swap, hit us up. We just made a new promo that I'm going to put out there on the socials, and we'll gladly pop your promo into ours and do the whole switcheroo do some round tables yeah if anybody wants to get in on some round table talks we would love to just have an open open line chit chat on anything weird yeah the current state of the world anything anybody wants to talk about yeah for sure like you guys want to call in and tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods, do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you. It. We'll record it. We'll, we'll Every, air it. Everybody's life has changed the last month. Fuck it's a yes, it has. It's going to be BCAC all over again before Corona, after Corona. Mark my words. I thought that was like a fucking cheat code. Yeah, it is. Sounds like it's it. To the skull and bones. It's like a Sega cheat code. It is. Is that like one button fatalities? Yeah. Up, up, Fuck down, yes. down, left, right, left, right. Fuck yes. So until next time. Um, where are we going to go with this? Everybody be safe in the new corona world. And do don't try. Yeah, do uppercuts. And don't try to break into the tomb. If you do, please wear a GoPro. Live feed it to our Facebook. Yeah. So. Do that for sure. Uh, if Until next time, if any secret society asks you to join, join it. Do it.